Thank you so much. It is a joy to be here. Uh, Pastor Tim mentioned we, we have had the privilege of coming. The first time I came, you were actually in, was it the gym? Yeah, the gym. And I kind of, we came in here and we saw what it might look like at that time. This is beautiful. I, I love coming here. So thank you for this opportunity. Need to get myself organized here. There we go. Ancient words. I, I love that song. Um, and almost home. Uh, a pastor friend in Saranac says, you know when you, you read the words of the Bible, it's already done, just not yet. It's that waiting period that we're in right now for God's word to come to completion. And while we're there, when friends are struggling like we prayed earlier, uh, we know that this is not our home. But I'm here to share about what the Gideons are doing. Um, and this is not to brag about Gideons, it's to give honor and glory to God. You know the Gideons, I think, for the most part, that we are Christian business and prof professional men and our wives. We come together to work, we witness to others, and we hand out scriptures. Well, that's simplistically what we do. But what I hope to give to you this morning is a more of a why do we do what we do. So I'm going to start off with a video that has... Uh, a, th a theme about Bibles in a hotel room or hell hotel rooms. And it's to the tune, uh, the, the song that you, you will hear in the background is Lord, I Need You. There's three storylines about a uh, Bible in a hotel room. The first one has to do with a businessman. And you'll see him, he's agitated, he's upset. We don't know why. But ancient words come to help him and you'll see that. The second storyline, very briefly, is a family that looks like they've been in this hotel room for some time. Again, we don't know why, but watch to see what happens with the, the Bible in that hotel room. And the third one is a, a lady who goes to a hotel room for not a very good reason. I won't go into any more. So, Lord, I need you. This is why we do what we do.
God's word is so powerful. It, it, it just speaks volumes. And you saw how it impacted those three situations. Well, that's why we do it. We want to change lives. And we believe that, um, that I believe that that's what First Baptist Church here, St. John's, is all about too. Part- prayers are partners together reaching the lost around the world. In Acts 1.8, you know, we read that we're supposed to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and so forth. Today, that reads, we're going to be witnesses here in Clinton County and Michigan, the United States, and around the world. That's how we want to interpret that. And we trust God's word when, it, when he makes these, these statements through the writer, of, in this particular case, Paul, when he says, I planted... I planted seed, I planted. Apollos, his protege, he watered. But who is it that gives the increase when you really get to the end analysis? It's God. And so we plant as Gideons. We plant God's word around the world. We're trusting that someone else will come along and water that word and that God will bring about the increase. That's what happened with this gentleman in Seattle, Robert by name. And Robert uh, was uh, trying to find uh, his way in life, and he was struggling mightily. The fellow on the left there and I were just making a distribution at a hotel, and we had an opportunity, though, to give this Robert a personal worker's testament. And in the personal worker's testament, at the back of the book is the plan of salvation, and we did share with Robert that plan of salvation. We planted the seed. We're trusting that someone came along and watered that seed and that God will bring about the increase. And then Ralph here. And Ralph, do you see who, who is that fella? Dick Siemens. I, I knew that I should know him from uh, uh, Shiawassee camp. Dick Siemens and Ralph and I went to this uh, uh, police station, police training station, met this dear lady who had made arrangements for us to bring in New Testaments to be given out to the uh, police officers who were coming into that facility. So we planted seeds there. Margaret and I like to plant seed when we go to a a restaurant. Lila was our waitress, and on this particular occasion, uh, we gave her a testament. Margaret is faithful in doing that, along with a little tip. But then Lila sat down with us. Now, I have to admit, this was a Russ's restaurant in Grand Rapids. If you know Russ's restaurant, he's a very Christian, it's a Christian family. And the manager allowed Lila to come over and sit down, and we planted a seed deeply. We've not gone back to find out if we could connect with her again, but on your behalf, we planted a seed. Uh, in uh, this past September in Detroit, we were able to plant 23,000 plus seeds. We did a lot of work in uh, uh, oh, hospitals, nursing homes, and so forth this year because schools, even this year, were not readily available. So we planted seeds there. The Ionia Free Fair, we had a great fair this year. Um, we were able to hand out, I don't know, over 2,000 scriptures this year alone. And Ralph reported to me that at the uh, MIT Festival here, 
uh, over 2,200 scriptures, New Testaments, were uh, distributed. At the Dairy Festival in Elsie, over 800. And at the police department locally, about 100. So God's word is being planted right here in Clinton County, Michigan, and so forth. I love this picture. This brings us hope. You see that fan in the picture? That means it was warm. (laughs) It was hot. And we do have that coming, Lord willing, in a few months. In April, we'll go to uh, Michigan State. And if we have 100 men and women, we'll probably give out eight or 10,000 scriptures. Last year, we only had about 60, and we handed out about 60,000. It just seems to, to go that way. When we go to a college campus, we have an opportunity to hand out these little cards. doesn't look like much, does it? But this is a Bible app card that directs a, uh, a person to over 1,300 translations of the Bible. So can you imagine a, a student coming from... Tanzania, speaking whatever language they speak in in Tanzania or languages, being given this card that and watch that student download it onto the idiot phone because they all have those. Find his country, find the language that he speaks, press play and listen to Genesis 1 and see it in his own language. That's the power of this little card. And, Ralph, I'm sure we have some of those out on the table if you'd like one. If you don't, just type in Gideon Bible app, and you'll find it on almost any search engine. Our goal this year is 49 million scriptures placed around the world. We go places where it's difficult, if not impossible, for a local church to go, like this military base in Quito, Ecuador. But this, these, this is a list of the places that we go on your behalf planting seeds. It's just the common places of life. As we do that, we do have uh, over 100 different languages that we put God's word in printed form, and we distribute those uh, around the world as well. I was in uh, Ghana, and actually in Accra and Kumasi, and I just want to share one story from that. We'd stopped for some gasoline, and several of us went inside to get something cold to drink, Ghana is a hot country. It's English-speaking, so the, uh, the, the driver gave each of these three attendants a copy of God's Word. When we all came back out, we saw these three guys sitting, waiting for the next person to come in, and reading these New Testaments. Well, what are we supposed to do, ignore that? Of course not. We went over, and uh, this is one of our famous or uh, favorite ways of getting into a conversation. Hey, guys, would you like a GPS today? Yeah, they wanted a GPS. Well, turn to the back of the book because God's plan of salvation, a GPS, can be found there. And we had an opportunity to read those scripture verses. God loves you, John 3.16. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But there's a remedy for that. That remedy is Jesus Christ. And you can ask him into your heart right now. Look what they're doing there. It wasn't long after we invited them to pray the sinner's prayer that uh, the two on the left were finishing signing their name. The fellow on the right had already signed his name. Normally we don't get to, and God brought the increase, normally we don't see that. In this particular case, God allowed us that privilege. 
and then back down to um, uh, Ecuador. We actually were in Riobamba and headed to Guayaquil, just two cities. Now, Guayaquil is the largest city in, in uh, Quito, or excuse me, in uh, Ecuador. So we had gone to a jail, a, a small prison. The guard that you see there with the yellow shirt was the main guard at the entrance. The picture at the bottom is lunch being served, so it's not really like the prisons that we have over in Ionia, as you can well imagine. And that was the only guard at the front entrance where we came in with that one gun on his hip. That was it. So very different. We went to uh, this prison because the chaplain had invited us in to the uh, service that they were going to have that uh, day that included the showing of the Jesus film in Spanish. So we went in and we gave some of our favorite testimonies, and I'm going to play a video in just a minute of one of those. But we shared some of our, our favorite testimonies, handed out the testaments, and left because we had some other places within the prison that we were going to go. That night, the chaplain came to the Gideon meeting, and he was just so excited. He said, after you guys left, I showed that Jesus video. And almost a hundred of those in attendance asked Jesus into their heart. And he said, and now I've got testaments. That, or they've got testaments because of churches like, your, like yours that allowed us to take those testaments down. And he was pumped up. Well, at that dinner, there were two gals whose husbands were not uh, there. They were away on business. The one on the right knew that we were going down to Guayaquil, and we got into a conversation and talked about the fact that we'd love to get into the um, police station uh, for Guayaquil. Huge, huge place. She said, well, my brother is the commander of the police department, or whatever the correct terminology is, down there. Go see him. So that was on Tuesday evening, Wednesday afternoon, we walked to, to the office of the commander and said, uh, we'd like to see the commander, if that's possible. His sister has sent us. Well, that was the magic word, sister. In we went. The next morning at 6 o'clock, we were back to, to be with all of the officers as they came on the parade grounds to receive their instructions for the day. And we went through the ranks handing out a copy of God's word. Now, if that's not a God thing, I, I don't know. And then to see these men, and there were women there too, opening up that word and allowing it to come into their heart and minds, amazing feeling. We do go to jails. In fact, this past Saturday, Chaplain Dwayne Statton um, was with us for our camp meeting, or excuse me, our, our prayer meeting yesterday morning. We signed all the papers again so that we can get back into the Ionia County Jail as soon as they reopen the, the door for visitors. But we're ready to go. Pat Sheldon uh, has an amazing story. And in the beginning portion of this testimony, he starts out with this question. He says, he says I asked myself, what can I do that would make my daddy happy and spend time with me? And it's a little muffled. And then he says, I know what I'll do or something to this effect. I'll get him a beer. Well, listen to Pat Sheldon's story, hopefully. What can I do that would make my daddy happy 
to spend time with me. I was six years old. And I said, I know what I'll do. I'll get him a beer. Well, I got a beer and my fingers wouldn't open it up, so I took a spoon and I popped it open. And I ran up to my daddy and said, look what I done, daddy. This is for you. He said, all right, son, you open it, you drink it. That was the first time I was ever drunk. I had so much anger and rage. My dad was an alcoholic, my sister sold drugs. By the time I was 12 years old, I was selling drugs in school. By the time I was 17, I was collecting money for other drug dealers. At one time, I had 35 pounds of meth on my back, $250,000. I had 72 cops, six dogs, and two choppers after me. I was running from the law. Ended up going to jail. A Gideon, named Charlie Waters, came into my, my cell. Looked me straight in the eye and told me, Jesus loves you and I love you. I looked at him, I said, well, undoubtedly, he don't know me. So one day he was telling us about this man, Jesus. And I felt this tear start coming up in my eye. And I started fighting that so hard because I was Pat Shelton. I was a man that collected money. I was a drug dealer. I collected money from other drug dealers. I was burning houses, blowing up cars. I was destroying families. Nothing made me cry. And I didn't know what to do. And Charlie came in and told me, would you do this for me? Would you read this book for me? I read the book of John, and I got over there and I got to read about all these people. I read about Peter and I wrote about all these people in here. And I said, they were guys, nice guys, but this Jesus has got it going on. And then I realized, this man truly died for me. And I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, I don't know you, don't know nothing about you. But if you can take this pain and this suffering, this rage and this anger from me and this addiction, I won't give you my life, I'll surrender. And right at that moment, he spoke to me, and he gave me forgiveness. He said, I forgive you. Well, I came up excited. Finally got out of jail. When I got out of jail, I said, God, I'll never come back to this jail. You get me out here, I'll never come back. One year to the day, he called me to minister. I went back to the jail. I've been doing the jail ministry for nine years. We've had over 800 men come out of that jail. Since then, I serve a God that's a God of restoration. He has restored my family. I led my mom and daddy both to the Lord and he's given me a chance to go out and tell people how wonderful he is. And all this happened. All this happened because of one man. One man never gave up. And that's why I'm doing what I do today, is because he loved me enough to tell me. I like that story because that, that Gideon just went in and was half handing out scriptures planting seed. But he had an opportunity to go back and become the Apollos. He watered that seed as he shared with Pat Sheldon the good news of that testament. And that is such a, a privilege to be able to do that. Well, the need for the Gideons is, is as it's been ever since I started coming here and long before that. For every three hands that reach out for a testament, we can only fill two. That's just the reality of it. We need, we need help. How does your church help? Well, you pray generally for the Gideons. Just, God, bless that ministry. Keep the doors open. Protect those Gideons, especially in other countries where it's dangerous to be handing out a scripture. You pray generally. God will answer specifically. He, he's been so faithful in doing that. And then we need more men and women in, to join us in this ministry. The two fellows that you see in this picture... Um, 
were extremely active members of our camp. The one on our left, on the left, was a, is a, a, still a Gideon, but he's he can't leave his home. The fellow on the right is now with the Lord, so the need is there. The opportunity is there to become men and women of God, men and women of faith, men and women of action. And I don't normally share something that is specifically designed for Gideons, but I just thought that sharing this uh, video of the men as they're impacted with the opportunities of sharing their faith and how that impacted their lives might be valuable to you this day as you think about, okay, I'm here in Clinton County or one of the counties close by. What can I be doing to share my faith? David Martin is our immediate past international president. Uh, Dick Dissip is a good friend of ours, lives uh, south of uh, Toledo, Ohio. They're two of the ones that will be sharing, and I can tell you what they're sharing is the truth. Apart from uh, so many aspects of the Gideon ministry that I enjoy, the part that I enjoy the most nowadays is being able to share the good news of Jesus with others. The Gideons have brought me to the point in my spiritual walk to where I've been encouraged and trained to see those divine appointments in my life. And the Gideons encourage one another by sharing what God has done through their witnessing to other people. So. Most people that sit in the pew on Sunday morning have probably never even considered or are afraid to share their faith with others. So being part of the Gideon ministry gives you that boldness and that ability to be able to share with others the good news of Jesus without fear because we understand that God is the one that acts. So the most exciting and best part of being a Gideon for me, most enjoyable part, is being able to share my faith with others as I've been trained by the Gideons and encouraged by the Gideons to do. These years as a Gideon have allowed my faith to grow to the point that it now overcomes many of my fears. Uh, the fears of speaking up sometimes when the Lord gives the opportunity to, to speak a word of witness for Him and growing in your boldness. And that boldness and courage comes from a strengthened faith to... Uh, to be a witness uh, and to speak up and, sh and share your faith. Early in life, I was not a very bold witness. Uh, I rarely opened my mouth when an opportunity would be there. And uh, being around other Gideon members, there's a camaraderie, there's an accountability that exists and the motivation to take steps of faith and share your faith when God gives the opportunity. I think one thing that's really brought to my attention in the Gideon ministry is it's a soul winning ministry. So that's why we give out scriptures. That's why we witness to people. And I think that's brought more to my attention of being a Gideon about witnessing to people. I have found that no matter where I go, uh, I carry a testament. If I go to walk in my development, I carry testaments with me. And you will find that you have... Um, the opportunity to witness to people even when you're on a walk and lead people to the Lord. And you have those same opportunities every place you go, whether it's a grocery store or whatever it is. In the Gideons, we have a 
a view of, of taking the Word of God to the world. And we also want to be men of God, men of faith, men of action. It's kind of the way we want to be known. And after many years of being in the Gideons, I started to realize that that really needs to start in my own home. How do the people who know me best view me? Do my children, my grandchildren, do they view me as a man of God, a man of faith, a man of action? Because they know all my warts and my imperfections, but how do I deal with those? Is my witness effective in my own home? as effective as it is sending the gospel around the world. And it's a very relevant challenge. So men and women of, of faith, willing and desiring to share the good news, in this day and age, our society desperately needs that good news of Jesus Christ. I can't imagine being in the hospital today with COVID and not knowing the Lord, not having that assurance of eternal life. And we have that good news collectively. So sharing that is so critical. It's so critical. Gideons have started up a program called Conversations, a simple approach to sharing the gospel. We have been rolling it out to a Gideon camps but a friend of mine and, uh, and I went to a, a church over near Holland uh, before the holidays and shared this two-hour program with that, some uh, congregation members. It was a great time. And Pastor Tim, I offer this uh, to you and, and your church. We'd, we'd come in. It's a two-hour program, and it's fun to do, uh, but it's an encouragement to want to share the good news. Uh, you don't have to be a Gideon to share the good news. We, we have a program called Friends of Gideons where you can have access to these testaments, the plan of salvation in the back. And Ralph and Jackie would be happy to talk with you about friends or becoming part of this ministry as a Gideon and auxiliary member. And then offerings. Pastor, thank you for mentioning uh, taking up an offering. $1.32 will put a a testament like this any place in the world. A Bible is $5 to put into a hotel room. You've seen what that will do. Every penny of what you give today will be used to purchase and place scriptures. And then you can use the Gideon card program. If I didn't mention this, Ralph and Jackie would disown me. Um, it, it's, it's a program uh, where you can place Bibles in recognition of someone, in memory of someone, this is a tradition that I, Margaret and I do. We're placing Bibles in recognition of Pastor Tim's ministry to you, and I'll be giving him this card. These cards are available out in your narthex someplace, and uh, I was going to play a video that would show you a little bit about this, but I, would, I really want to end with a powerful, another powerful testimony um, of a friend, another friend of ours, uh, there's the Gideon card program. There's what I would have showed you. Ralph will come back and show you that. We recognize the power of God's word, that it's not going to return unto him void. It's going to accomplish his purpose if we get it out to those that need it. And so that's why we do what we do. We want to get the, the power 
of God's word out. Leroy Kennedy was a mixed up man. He wrote a book about all the mixed upness of his life and how a Gideon down in Battle Creek on a, I think it was a Saturday morning, was out handing out scriptures in a park. This is the story of Leroy Kennedy and the impact of God's word on his life. I got involved with drugs, alcohol, uh, prostitution. I was just trying to find something to fill the void that was in my life. I thought maybe if I had more things or had more drugs, or maybe that would be the solution, but it wasn't. It was a park similar to this right here, uh, occupied by homeless. And I remember that, that Saturday morning, I had got up early, took a couple of hits of acid, tooted some coke, and I went for a walk in that county park in Battle Creek, Michigan. Here I was, a reject from the military. My third wife and walked out on me. And I just felt there's nothing else left but to commit suicide. But then there were some men in the park that day. They was witnessing to the homeless and they were giving them these little testaments. And one of them came up to me, had a big smile on his face. And he said, do you know Jesus? And that young man, he took that little testament and he opened it and he showed me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I personalized that. For God so loved Leroy Kennedy, that he gave his only begotten son. Then he opened it to the book of Romans and he showed me how I can pray and ask Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. It was that day I prayed. I asked Jesus to forgive me. I asked him to come into my heart, clean up my life and to make me somebody. And the Lord heard that prayer, and the Lord answered that prayer. And I want you to know I was instantly healed from my dependency of drugs. And I, the rehab centers didn't do it, but when I asked Jesus to come into my life, my life was cleaned up, and I was clear-headed of the drugs. And you know, for the first time, that void that I had been carrying around all of my life, all of a sudden it was, I felt like a new person. I, I felt whole. I felt complete. The pictures you see there all have a story that could be shared about how God is reaching the lost around the world. We started with Acts 1-8. You are to be witnesses here, Clinton County, Michigan, the United States, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. I pray that we will be found faithful in days ahead in doing that exact thing. Let's pray together. Father God, what an awesome opportunity we have to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We just celebrated his birthday. 
Lord, we know that Easter's coming, where we celebrate victory over death. Help us to be willing to share that good news with family, friends, those that we just come into contact with as you place them in our path. I thank you for the faithful witness of this church. I thank you for Pastor Tim as he's led faithfully here. Continue to bless him and the other pastors as uh, they seek to serve this congregation and to serve you. And Lord, if you, if you tarry, help us to be faithful in doing what you would have us to do to the best of our ability. And then we will give you thanks and praise for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen.